This morning's reading is from Habakkuk. And we start with Habakkuk's complaint, continue with the Lord's answer, and then move on to Habakkuk's prayer. So we're reading in the first chapter of Habakkuk, starting at verse 2. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwelling places not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves and promote their own honour. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like a vulture swooping to devour. They all come bent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They deride kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. They build earthen ramps and capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own strength is their God. Then we move on to chapter 3 at the end of Habakkuk's prayer. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the, foods produce, the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Let's uh, begin with a prayer. Father God, in spite of all the injustice in the world, may we trust in your unfailing love, compassion, and faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. It's good to see some other people with ties this morning. Isn't that good? They're so smart. Um, when I last wore this tie, somebody said to me, John's wearing his old school tie. This is actually not my old school tie. It is the tie of Brentford Football Club. Now, I promise that I'm not going to gloat this morning, 
but I would just remind you that this is not the current tie, that just has a B on it, but this one has the uh, county arms of Middlesex because Brentford was the county town of Middlesex, which sadly doesn't exist anymore, although there's still a cricket club, you'll notice. With regard to my school tie, that I do remember because I had it for only 30 minutes. I'm taking you back to September the 4th, 1956, my 12th birthday, the maths will do you good, and it was my first day at secondary school. And in that, the school I went to, it was only the year sevens that wore uniform, which was a sort of burgundy blazer and a burgundy and white striped tie. But as I walked down the uh, entrance to the school, I was set upon by some large older lads, as were all the year sevens, and we were taken to this U-shaped brick building without a roof. I never knew what it was for, but we were herded in there, and after about 10 minutes, we were charged by about 50 beefy uh, year 10 pupils and crushed in what was called the squash house. And we left tireless, dishevelled and tearful. And that was my experience. And I thought, what about injustice? Awful, isn't it? And yet there is far, far, far worse injustice in the world and we come to this brilliant book if you haven't got a copy of the christian atheist go down to the triangle i'm a trustee of the triangle so i would say this to you buy a copy of it it's one of the best books i've ever read it isn't difficult reading it's challenging but it's full of life experiences and that's what we need to share with people when we preach share our life experiences otherwise the bible just becomes history Make it relevant, bring it up to date. And so when I looked at the, the headings, I went down the list and I worked out that I'd be preaching on when you think God doesn't answer prayer. And I thought, brilliant, I'll be able to share all my lovely stories of how God has answered prayer. But the chapters were changed around. And so we have the one today, when you believe in God, but think he's not fair. My heart sank a little bit because I'll be honest with you, this is the chapter I struggle with most. So I think that's why God got me to preach on it. Why do the unrighteous seem to prosper so often, even as the faithful are suffering? If God is fair, why doesn't he do something about all the injustice in the world? Well, because there is so much injustice in the world, when you come across an article that makes you laugh out loud, you have to share it with others. This was in the Israel Today magazine. It's called Stop Thief. In the northern Israeli town of Kafar Yassiv, a robber stormed into the post office demanding money. The postal clerk immediately handed him a bag of coins. But when he turned to flee, he stumbled into customers waiting in line. Then a brave old lady beat him over the head with her cane. Caught unaware, the thief dropped the bag of coins which rolled everywhere. He made for the exit in panic, only to discover that someone had stolen his motor scooter. <laughs> in today's reading, Habakkuk is battling with the same problem as Job and the writer of Psalm 73. 
The fact that while God's people suffer, the wicked seem to go free. Habakkuk couldn't see why God would allow the Babylonians, a wicked nation, to punish his own people. So Habakkuk, a man of faith, questions God. In response to Habakkuk's first question, God presents him with an even greater stumbling block in verses 5 to 11. The God who is just and good and who hates evil is going to allow the Babylonians to invade the land. These people are a law to themselves. Their own strength is their God, in verse 11. And as Charlotte reminded us, Habakkuk waits for God's answer, which is in chapter 2, and that answer is an emphatic no, but in God's timing. Only those who trust in God and remain loyal to him will live. God will punish all man's arrogant pride. And those who grab what belongs to others, who for their own selfish ends justify the cruelest means, who climb to power on the backs of others, who destroy and dehumanise, who give their worship to man-made idols. Bang up to date, isn't it? Could have been written in 2021. And then in this brilliant little book of just three short chapters, Habakkuk learns the lesson. He learns that God is in control. He understands the inevitable, the fury of God's judgment. And although it means the loss of every good thing in life, God is still to be trusted. If you are suffering an injustice, God is still to be trusted. Habakkuk will wait for the day when God deals with the invader. He will rejoice in God, even though life is stripped of all that gives natural joy and satisfaction. Whatever our doubts and fears might be, and I should stop at that point and say, and if you've got a 12-year-old going to secondary school in September or a grandchild going in September, that doesn't happen anymore. God is loving, he is compassionate, but he is also just. And we have to believe and hang on to that promise that Abraham proved in Genesis 18.25. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? It's okay to lament like Jeremiah. I also believe like Habakkuk, it's okay to question God. Remember that hymn, What a Friend, we have in Jesus, one line says, oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. God wants us to speak to him. He wants to know what's on our hearts. Remember the blind man in Luke 18, Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do? Isn't it obvious? No, Lord, I want to receive my, my sight. Speak to God. Don't bottle it up. And Craig Groeschel in chapter 5, he concludes with this statement that God isn't fair, but he is loving. He is compassionate and he is just. If life was fair, he concludes, because we're sinners, we'd all get what we deserve, punishment and death. He quotes Psalm 103. 
verse is 10 to 12. God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We have much to look forward to. In the meantime, we need to trust a just God and tell him our hopes and our fears. One last thing. This was in our Bible notes on the 27th of April. A man walked into a convenience store in Wollongong, Australia, put a $20 note on the counter and asked for change. When the shop assistant opened the till, the man pulled a gun and asked for all the cash in the till, which the assistant promptly provided. The man took the cash and fled, leaving his original $20 note on the counter. The total amount of cash he got from the till, $15. Thank God for laughter. Amen.